0: Hey, it's Sean from the Commander's Brew. Thank you, dear listener, for being a part of this episode. This is a Lord Xander episode. For the Deck Tech, I'm going to talk about Lord Xander, and I have some thoughts on that. I think it's an interesting commander, to say the least. But before I do, I do want to thank you for listening. Truly appreciate it. Could not do this show without listeners. I mean i guess i could but there wouldn't be much of a point point. and of course to everyone who goes and supports via patreon.com slash commanders brew that is hands down the best way to support the show and i can't thank you enough also use our tcg player link if you're buying cards anyway and if you're a canadian listener we've got money off your magic singles let's hear an ad from the wizard's tower we're proud canadian podcasters and we're proud to be sponsored by one of canada's premier card stores the wizard's tower wizardtower.com our Canadian listeners get an exclusive coupon code BrewNeo to get 5% off any order of singles shipped to you for free, as long as you've ordered $20 or more in singles. And you can check out our decklist for this week's episode and other episodes we've done on their content site, like mtgcanada.com. Remember raves? Look at the size of these pants. Okay, it's spoiler season, which is a great time of year. I was gonna, I want to say great time of year spoiler season. And I suppose if you think about it, there are a few seasons of spoilers, but truly magic cards are coming out fast and furiously these days. I know that there's a Commander Legends, another Commander Legends set out on the horizon. So, you know, the theme of this show is to try to find kind of offbeat deck ideas for commanders that are pretty new. Maybe an idea pops up for an older commander that's also something what we'll do here, but sometimes I'm like, "Oh, new capen is out cool. Ooh, I love that it's a wedge set or a shard set it's got th- triple colors. You know commanders are great when there's more than one color, and a three color commander really is the sweet spot. I really love a three color commander. I think we can all agree that it gives you a broad range of available tools and cards while still giving you the flexibility you want to kind of do whatever you want to do the card pool selection is i mean it's huge and i mean that's kind of what got me into this conversation cards are coming out all the time so the card pool in my head what is it like twenty thousand cards but like did a thousand new cards come out last year i don't know i should look up that statistic give me a sec okay very disappointing search results here uh I could do the math by thinking of all the sets that came out and I can look up all the number of cards in each set. I guess I could filter that by reprints. That would be a significant amount of legwork I'm not willing to do. But the the Google search for how many magic cards came out in 2021. It's like, oh, well, they come out with four new sets a year and standard rotation happens here. So that's how many. No, no, no. That's not how many. I want to know how many cards. Anyway, I got on a tangent here. This is about. 250 cards per core set type of thing so i mean i guess if we're not counting reprints yeah it's about a thousand cards a year and with all those like commander legends and modern masters type of things it's a ton of cards nonetheless cards are spewing out of the factory faster than we can keep up with truly when this podcast was new I remember I felt I had a good handle on a lot of the cards. It was hard to be surprised by a new card. Sure, old cards would be under the radar and I wouldn't be aware of them, but I was up on every new card that came out when this podcast was new. Because, you know, you talk about them, you read the spoilers, you kind of pour over things, but there's enough cards now that I really kind of skim over them a little bit. So... Now that it's spoiler season, here's my mood. Here's what I'm thinking. It's a three-color set, which is very exciting for a commander. And I'm looking for the new legendaries. I want to see the cool stuff that they can do. I'm hoping to see ones that bring us new strategies, or at least can be brewed in new ways. And you know, the commander's brew way is to look to brew them in offbeat ways. So... I hope to bring you a bunch of those, but I'm also really excited about those cheap little cards that already do something like I'm always interested in cantrips. Uh, I like collecting cantrips. Is there another one red or one blue card that draws you a card and doesn't matter what it does? Like, I like more of those. Give me another two mana counterspell variant. Give me like another little creature that can sacrifice something i don't know i just love looking for the utility things so i suppose what this conversation is turning into is a little bit of a preview for the set review which i think will come out soon this is obviously a new capena themed episode because it's about lord xander but the set review i mean just is a matter of when all the cards get revealed i don't like to do a set review too far in advance and i would hate to do one If all the cards weren't revealed and then how do you fold in the commander deck version? Anyway, this conversation is becoming a bit of a behind the scenes thing here. So it's the most exciting time of the year, which happens six or seven times a year these days, but it's spoiler season and I can't wait to bring you some new commanders and some new angles on them. And first up, Lord Xander. Ooh, Lord Xander. Okay, there is a ton of buzz around Lord Xander. Just in case you haven't heard, let me read you the stats. Lord Xander, the collector. I believe the picture would want you to know he collects art, but we don't know what he collects. It could be the stickers that come off of bananas. We don't know. Nonetheless, for seven mana, four blue, black, red, Grixis, you get a 6-6 legendary vampire demon noble. First of all, 6-6, not even seven. Can't do a three-hit kill but I don't think you'd want to. Here's why. No actual keywords, but you get three triggered abilities. One when he enters the battlefield, one when he attacks, and one when he dies. When he enters, target player discards half their hand rounded down. That's pretty brutal just for casting and resolving them. You do get to play some politics, so maybe you can convince the blue player not to counter it because you promised to hit someone else, but I don't know if you can get away with that because also... Whenever Lord Zender attacks, target player mills half their library rounded down. Again, sometimes that's an advantage for some players. I might want my cards milled, and you're not going to kill me by milling half my library. You have to mill all of my cards. And there's things that double mill, so that could be a thing we could work towards. But I think the third ability is the most brutal, and that's the reason you want to keep Lord Zender off the battlefield if you're the opponent. When he dies, target opponent sacrifices half their non land permanence. Rounded down, of course. That's a lot. So, with Lord Xander on the battlefield, well, you just can't let him get to the battlefield. I think, okay, here's what I've heard so far. It's spoiler season. I don't know where Lord Xander will lie, but it. people are either saying he's too busted for casual, too mean, jerk card for jerks kind of thing, and there's also people saying... I don't know, seven mana, don't care. I'm going to have one counter spell. I'll counter him once, and he'll be too expensive to ever cast again. Problem solved. And the other way to solve the problem is just to ensure that the whole table arch enemies you so that, you know, exterminating the player is a great way to not have to deal with their commander anymore. I think these are all possibilities, obviously. That's the full spectrum there. But, so what are we going to do with this? I mean, obviously, I think... We're not going to do the obvious thing. It's not what we do here. The obvious thing would be to put in some haste enablers, maybe a swift foot boots. Maybe you put in a sack out, let a viscerous here or something like that. Put in, maybe get an anger into your graveyard so that for your seven mana, you can, I guess you'd want lightning greaves. So you can do all this for free. He hits the battlefield, already has haste, swing the greaves on, you get a little bit of protection. That, well, That's another way to get haste as well. I wasn't thinking about that. Then you can sack him. So, heck, you could even run something like Conjurer's Closet, one of those blinky type of things, so that you can get extra ETBs to make more people lose their hand. I think the most important one, though, is the when Xander dies. You're going to want some reanimators, get him into the graveyard somehow, and then just bring him back to the battlefield super cheap. But that's not what we're going to do. He's got a reputation, right? And I just don't think you're going to have a, easy time doing that there's there's a lot here it's a lot of mana so our plan a is actually not to cast lord xander that's right if our opponents are going to hold on to some removal and some counter spells, let's make their wish come true right if they think we're the villain let's be the villain so i know what you're thinking if you're not planning on casting your commander as a plan a why not use a different grixis commander as a plan a For a way to just kind of draw less hate. I don't know. Solkanar the Swamp King. Do you know what Solkanar the Swamp King does? Have you ever heard of Solkanar the Swamp King from uh, Time Spiral? Or from Legends, actually, properly. Ooh, 50 bucks. Uh, Chronicles, 34 cents, though. So, I mean, you can get this guy cheap. Two blue, black, red. Legendary demon with swamp walk, 5-5. Whenever a player casts a black spell, you gain one life. So boring. No one's going to bring any hate. So the reason we're Xander, though, is because it's spoiler season. Full disclosure. But before I get to our actual plan A, the suspense, our opponents, we can assume they're going to send a lot of stuff our way. So I want to talk about Xander's goons in the sort of mafia version of this. The goons are a bunch of death touchers. And I gotta say, I was expecting to find some boring death touchers, but we've got some really interesting ones, like Foulmire Knight, one black for a 1-1 one, one death touch, but you've got the adventure for three mana as an instant. Draw a card, lose a life. That's nice. I mean, even better is Baleful's tricks. Blue, black, bird, flying death touch 1-1. One, one, enters the battlefield, draw a card. Replaces itself. Also has flying, can so it can tussle with flying attackers. But that's the whole point of these death touchers. We want to protect us, so if they want to send creatures at us, they lose more than we do. Something like Ruthless Ripper is pretty neat. It's from uh, cons of Tarkir with the morphs. So we can morph it for 3, but to unmorph it all we have to do is reveal a black card from our hand. It has a it's a 1/1 one, one death touch, but we have the option of casting it for a single black if we want. And when it gets turned up, target player loses 2 life. I don't think that's a huge deal, but it's something. And then something like Thieves Guild Enforcer. You got to do a bit of work, but it's better than a 1/1 one, one for 1. It already has flash. It doesn't have death touch automatically. An opponent has to have 8 or more cards in their graveyard. But when Thieves Guild Enforcer enters the battlefield, someone's going to mill two cards. Sorry, correction, each opponent mills two cards. I never realized. So, and then when they do, if someone gets up to eight cards, this has two, plus two, plus one in Death Touch. It becomes a three, two for one with flash. That's excellent. Wizard slinks. And of course, I wouldn't be talking about Death Touchers if I didn't mention Stinkweed Imp. Two in a black, flying one, two pseudo death touch it's a little bit different but it has dredge five as well so every time it trades with a creature goes to the graveyard we can put it back in our hand instead of a draw for milling five cards and milling five cards as i said it's always a good thing the fact that i've got stinkweed Imp here you know i'm going to put in a few flashback cards i'll get to those later there's a couple more death touches i want to highlight i want to highlight black lance paragon one and a black for a flash three one human knight and it only has Death Touch when it enters the battlefield, because you get to make target knight gain Death Touch and lifelink. So, obviously this is the one we want, because we want to tussle with something as a surprise. The other Death Toucher I want to bring up is Gaunty Lord of Luxury, 2-black-black, black, legendary Aetherborn Rogue, 2-3, with Death Touch. And here's the key. This is the plan. This is what we're going for. I saved this Death Toucher for last, because when Gaunty enters the battlefield... Exile four cards, sorry, look at four cards from an opponent's library, exile one of them, and that becomes in your exile hand. We can cast it at any time, and we can pay mana of any color for it. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to build up a little exile hand out of our opponent's stuff. If they insist on holding up a ton of things for us, well, guess what? You don't need to use those counterspells on Lord Xander, because you're going to want to use your counterspell on the thing that we stole from you that's going to end be your own undoing. For flavor reasons, I'm going to try to use a player's things on them specifically. So now we've got to look into things like Thief of Sanity, one blue-black, flying 2-2 Spectre. When it deals combat, you look at the top two. Nope, sorry. There's, there's so many moving parts. You look at the top three, exile one into your exile hand, and the others go into the graveyard, Syphon Insight is an instant for blue-black that looks at two and puts one in your exile hand. The other goes into the bottom of the library, and it has flashback for three. So a total of five mana, one more than Gonti, and we get two out of the top four cards. I like it. And then something like Cunning Rhetoric is just perfect. It's two in a black for an enchantment, and whenever they attack us, whenever an opponent attacks you and or one or more Planeswalkers you control, you exile the top card of their library, and it goes into our exile hand. Excellent. And then we've got stuff like Covetous Urge. It's a very similar. It's a sorcery for four demir. So there's no colorless payable. We have to pay four mana that's black or blue. But we get to look at their hand, take something out of that for our exile hand. Or if we don't like what they have, we can grab something out of their graveyard. Sometimes you cast this knowing what you're going to take. You're like, I know what's in your graveyard and I want that exactly. That's a very nice bonus. We get a bit more choice with something like this dire fleet daredevil similar but different uh one and a red for a first striking two one pirate when this enters we get to take an instant or sorcery from their graveyard it doesn't go into our exile hand we have to cast it this turn but heck early in the game i'm happy to nab a cultivate off for my opponents mnemonic betrayal this is an exciting one one blue black sorcery exile all of our opponents graveyards and that that all of the cards that we've exiled becomes our exile hand. We have to use it this turn, so we have to, we have to pay for everything this turn, because at the end of the turn, it's going to go back into the graveyards, the things we didn't use. But you'll know right away. I mean, there are decks out there that have a bunch of combo pieces, a bunch of artifacts that make other artifacts cheaper. If you hit the right artifact deck with this, you might be able to steal a couple things to make artifacts cheaper and just go. Off and cast all their artifacts. Heck, I would love to do that. I would love to do cast everything out of my opponent's graveyard with one of these. Amazing. This you might think, like, well, don't we want to do Xander first and attack and make their graveyard full for this? I mean, that would be nice, but again, that's not our plan A. If they're going to make us into villains, we're going to be villains. Two more I want to highlight in this regard is psychic theft. It's a really old one from prophecy, old border. Interesting art, one in a blue sorcery, look at a player's hand, pick an inciner sorcery, you can cast at this turn, and if you don't, it goes back into their hand. It's very similar to Dire Fleet Daredevil, but it looks at the hand instead of the graveyard. Less good for sure, and especially less good once you realize that it doesn't say you may use mana of any color. You have to be able to make the mana that it wants. And similarly, Praetor's Grasp, one black, black sorcery, it's from a new Phyrexia. Basically, go through an opponent's deck, pick a card, it goes into your exile hand. Again, you don't get to pay men of any color. You start. Ha- you have to keep track of, like, these ones I can cast with men of any color, and these ones I can only cast with whatever man is on there. I should say, Praetor's Grasp reads play. So we can take lands from there if, for some reason, there's a super juicy land or a utility land that we really want, something like that. But we're going to need ways to cast these things. I'm not gonna bend over backwards to make my deck so I can use these two cards, but it doesn't hurt to throw in a Felwar Stone. That's that two mana artifact that taps for a color of your opponent's mana. I mean, if we're stealing from our opponent's deck, of course they're gonna have the mana to cast it. So Felwar Stone will always work for that stuff. And I'm running something like Trove of Temptation. It's that four mana enchantment that says a player has to attack you with at least one creature every turn. If we're Lord Xander. And they're going to make us arch enemy anyway. This isn't really a drawback. It's just what's happening. And plus, if we've got enough death touchers, that could be pretty good. We've put them in an awkward position where they're like, what am I willing to trade? And then it's up to us whether or not we take the trade or we just take a few damage if they don't send something big enough. I like it. And getting a free treasure every turn really helps casting those things or ramping us if we want. And of course... I saved the best Death Toucher for last, Prosper bound 2 Black Red Legendary Tiefling Warlock with Death Touch, 1-4. At the beginning of your end step, exile the top card of your library, and until your next turn you can play that card. And whenever you play a card from exile, create a treasure token. Not only are the cards Prosper's Exiling good for these treasure tokens, but every time we cast something that we've stolen from our opponents, it lives in exile in our quote-unquote exile hand. So we could stop there. We could say, this is the deck, throw in a bunch of draw, throw in a bunch of ramp, throw in a bunch of removal, some counter spells, and you got yourself a deck. No problem. But we're not going to stop there. We're going to keep going. So I've already illuminated that we're putting a few things into the graveyard with stinkweed imp. So if, and a lot of our creatures are the ways we're going to get extra value, like stealing things, dire fleet, daredevils, your thieves of sanities, etc. Heck, if they deal with prosper, I'm going to want prosper back. So a great way to get him back is something like Stitch together. It's black black for a sorcery, and if we're filling our graveyard, we will hit threshold where it goes straight to the battlefield if we have seven or more cards in the graveyard. If it's super early, we probably won't need to cast it, but if our graveyard is thin, we'll only return it to our hand. I mean, I say only, but that's still pretty good. We've also got Crawl from the Cellar, which is a nice... I like a reanimate spell that has flashback because when you're doing a lot of self-mill... Sometimes the reanimate cards end up in the graveyard, so I do want them to have flashback. This one flashes back for four, but it only goes to your hand. It's not a reanimator spell. I should have been more clear on that. I like this in this deck more than that other one where you have to sacrifice three creatures for flashback. Forget what it's called. Not gonna look it up either. Too lazy. But I don't know if we'll have three creatures lying around that we're willing to sack that often. And then, you know. Other ways to get the graveyard full are things like Unexpected Windfall. It's two red, red instant. Discard a card. Draw two cards and create two treasure tokens. Net cost of two. I like that. Frantic Search is that classic two and a blue. Draw two, discard two, untap three lands. Net mana value of zero. That's pretty good. And then Faithless Looting is just one of the classics. Single red for a sorcery. Draw two, discard two. And it flashes back for two and a red. Same deal. I like it. Our graveyard's getting a little bit full. We're stealing our opponent's thing. And I told you that was plan A is not to cast Prosper. This is, or sorry, not to cast Lord Xander. This is plan A. But what is plan B? When will we cast Lord Xander? Well, it just depends. I think I'm going to leave it for the right moment. But imagine, maybe you've hit some opponent's decks and you've put a heroic intervention in your exile hand. One in a green, permanent skin and hexproof and indestructible. Maybe you got a Boros Charm in there, which one of the modes is giving everything indestructible. Heck, maybe you got a Teferi's Protection in your XL hand and you're just waiting to cast it. This is when I want to cast Lord Xander. You know, maybe our opponent's been holding a wash away in their hand the whole game, planning on using it on Lord Xander. It's that, that's that instant from, uh, what was it from? Is it from Innistrad, Crimson Vow? It's the one that has Cleave, but if you... Target a spell that wasn't cast from its owner's hand, aka every commander. It only costs a single blue, but it becomes canceled for any other spell if you want. It's a very flexible card. But imagine they try to hit you with Wash Away, and you're like, no problem. You know this Negate that's also in your deck, Counter Target Non Creature spell? I'm going to Negate your Wash Away with it. What a feeling. How great will it feel to counter? your opponent's counterspell with one of their own counterspells. That's when I want to cast Lord Xander. I want to make them feel it, right? If they're going to make us into the villain, we will be the villain. No problem. I want to take a second and talk about some other neat moves for the deck. Herders looks pretty good here. It's a 5-mana Eldrazi processor, 4-5, and when you cast it, you may put two cards your opponents own from exile into their graveyard, and if you do, put three 1-1 one, one Eldrazi Scion creature tokens onto the battlefield. They can sac for a colorless mana. So that's pretty good. I mean, there's very much, there's a real possibility that we'll end up in a situation where we can't exile, like we, we just can't hit something great we want to cast. Maybe we have to hit a land with Thief of Sanity because we only hit three lands. I don't know. It happens. So here's a nice way to just get rid of those cards and get a bunch of extra mana. I don't mind that. Even something like Dream Devourer, although it doesn't work on the cards in our exile hand, it's just a nice way to save mana for the future. One on a black for a Demon Cleric, zero three, but each non-land card in your hand without foretell has foretell and then when you've foretold it that is to say paid to and put it into your a different exile hand of yours uh you can cast it for two less than what's printed on the card pretty good and then uh, dream devour gets pumped up every time you do that i like that another general way to protect the team is disrupt decorum give everybody goad for two red red uh similarly carter doom scourge is also for four mana gives the whole table goading i mean it's not worded as goad but it's goad and whenever an attacking creature dies each opponent loses a life and you gain a life what i like about carter is that he goes great with something like Chainer nightmare adept two black red legendary human minion three two you can discard a card to cast a creature from your creature spell from your graveyard this turn activate only once this turn that means we can I mean, we can discard, we can discard Carter and cast him from the graveyard or discard another card to get Carter out. The other thing about this card, about Chainer, is that whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield, if it wasn't from your hand, it gains haste until your next turn. That means Lord Xander has haste if we want to do that, or our Thief of Sanity that we reanimate has haste, or any of the creatures from our opponent's decks that are in our exile hand are also going to enter the battlefield with haste excellent card in this deck i love it and since we're looking at a full yard heck mausoleum secrets one on a black for an instant it's got undergrowth search your library for a black card with converted mana sorry mana value less than or equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard tutor up something i don't know am i gonna tutor up a carter a chainer that's pretty good tutor up a, a thief of sanity most of the stuff we care about is a black card so this is good dig through time. Just a classic. It's got Delve, six blue, blue, but really blue, blue. Look at the top seven cards, two go in your hand and the rest on the bottom. That is an excellent way to get to the pieces we need to make this go. Really neat moves, right? And if we want to add some cards, if we want to really lean into the other people's stuff version, we certainly can. I like to call this the poison icing on the villain cake. Something like Hostage Taker. Oh, people hate this card. So we're going to run it. Two blue, black, human pirate, two, three. When it enters, you exile an artifact or a creature, and then you can cast it. As long as Hostage Taker doesn't leave before you get a chance to cast it, it's yours. Stolen strategy. It's getting pricey. This is up to 12 bucks. I'm curious. How much is Hostage Taker? 50 cents. It's too good. It's worth more than 50 cents. Um, stolen Strategy. It's four and a red front enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you exile one from each opponent's library. And until the end of turn, you can cast non land cards. Great. Further, our exile hand. It only lasts this turn, but I mean, this is great. This is also a great use for Blight Herder if for some reason you don't like what's in there. Itali Primal Storm. Four red, red. Elder Dinosaur, six, six. When it attacks, exile the top card of each player's library. Cast any of them without paying their mana cost. Heck, that's even better. This is something I want to get back with Chainer for sure. And then, you know, let's go with the Classics. Heck, I've got a Tully in my deck. I I don't mind casting this enchantment, but I would be really fine if a Tully hit my mind's dilation. Five blue blue enchantment when an opponent casts their first spell each turn. Exile the top card of the library. And if it's a non-land, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. Woof. Excellent card. It's up to 10 bucks though. I mean, it's powerful, so it doesn't surprise me. Let's keep going. Let's add Gisa glorious resurrector, two black black for a human wizard 4/4. Four, four. If a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. This is salty text. This is a line of text that just hoses certain decks altogether and I really caution using stuff like this. But if we're going to be the villain deck, I'm going to bring it to your attention. At the beginning of your upkeep, put all creature cards exiled with Giza onto the battlefield under your control and they gain decayed. So if you attack with them, they're going to get sacrificed at the end of the turn and they can't block, but we get them for free. If they die, any of your kill spells just basically ensure that you'll get them next turn unless they can deal with Giza. <sighs> Thieving amalgam's another nice way. It's a bit niche, but it fits the theme all too well. Five black, black ape snake, six, seven. It's expensive, but again, This is the kind of thing that, like, this is what the reanimator spells are in here for. I can discard it to draw some cards with one of those other things and then just reanimate it for something like black, black. I don't mind. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, manifest the top card of the library. And whenever a creature you control but don't own dies, its owner loses two life and you gain two life. We're going to own, we're going to control so many creatures that we don't own. Okay, one last card. Leaning into the villain's deck, agent of treachery. Ooh, this is this is a very salty card too. Five blue blue. When it enters the battlefield, gain control of any permanent. And at the beginning of your end step, if you control three or more permanents you don't own, which we probably do, draw three cards. And it's a creature, so this is the kind of thing that can be brought back out of the graveyard. We can reanimate it. Ooh, that's the deck. That's the whole thing. Uh, I gotta thank our Discord helpers. Chiefy, Papadio, Nosrak 2, Groove Chicken, Knuckle Pips Don't Lie, and Ghee Pizza. Thanks for helping me put this deck together. Couldn't do without you. Thanks for helping me channel my inner villain. Now, you be the judge of whether or not you want to do this. I mean, by the time Lord Xander actually gets released and people start playing with it, maybe maybe the community at large will find that Lord Xander is not a big deal and no one will really care. No one's going to make you the arch enemy just by walking up to the table. So maybe this is a non-issue. Maybe you running this mean, mean, mean deck says something about you that you're just going to play. I don't think this is, I mean, this is certainly unplayable over Spell Table. There's too much going on with other people's decks. You, you just, you, you're too much of a villain if you run this deck on Spell Table. You have to run it in person and you have to look at someone in the face while you take their stuff and swing at them with their own things. That can be a real fun puzzle to solve. How do I kill a player with their own deck? I do love it. So do you have what it takes to pilot a deck like this? Even against a renin Cats and Dogs deck? I'll let you decide. But in any case, come back next week for another deck deck. And keep being you. World's a better place for it. Bye.